verses 20 to 33. Now where there were some Greeks among those who went up to worship at the feast. They came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, with a request. Sir, they said, we would like to see Jesus. Philip went to tell Andrew, and Andrew and Philip in turn told Jesus. Jesus replied, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. I tell you the truth, unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. Those who love their lives will lose them, while those who hate their lives in this world will keep them for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, my servant also will be. My Father will honour the one who serves me. Now my heart is troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. No, it was for this very reason I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven. I have glorified it, and will glorify it again. The crowd that was there and heard it said it had thundered. Others said an angel had spoken to him. Jesus said, This voice was for your benefit, not mine. Now is the time for judgment on this world. Now the prince of this world will be driven out. But I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. He said this to show the kind of death he was going to die. Good morning. Isn't it absolutely fantastic to be able to gather and worship? I'm going to say that what I've entitled this talk as is Don't Crush the Butterfly. So for those of you that are very attentive, you probably thought in that reading there was no butterfly. So what's she on about? So the challenge is for you to listen out for when the butterfly joins us And that particular phrase, don't crush the butterfly. Actually, some of you are looking as if I've gone completely mad. Honestly, I really am okay. (laughs) But here we go. The hour has come. Jesus is so closely connected to God, he knows and discerns the exact time for change and transformation. And he says... When, where I am, my servant also will be. And that indicates to us that in our relationship with Jesus Christ, we too can discern the will of God for change and transformation in our lives. What does that look like? Well, let's look at Jesus as a model. Here is one who is self-giving to the point of sacrificing his own life. Those who love their lives will lose them. And in Mark, those who come after me must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. 
You know, following Jesus, being a Christian, is costly. Fruitfulness in Christian living is costly. If you clutch your life wholly to yourself, demanding on needs and privileges and rights above all else in creation, then what Jesus is saying is you're going to lose it. But actually, if you have an open-hearted, open-minded, open soul to God and relationship with God and look at life as privilege and gift from a loving God, you will live in the life of whole life with him. And in that place, we become kind of distrustful of selfish ambition. We learn to wrestle with our own weaknesses and troubles and pain and the opposition that we receive when we have faith. We learn to journey through testing circumstances. Jesus says, when the grain, the grain of wheat falls and dies to produce many seeds. So the Lord Jesus' death is going to bring life to all who receive it. And in the same way, our dying to our selfish ambition of I and me perspective not only brings life to us, it brings life to others. You see, faith in Jesus means not trusting in the things of culture to distract us from that opposition and difficulty. It means not being so preoccupied with our will and our way of doing things and our traditions that we get caught up in our own inventions and become imprisoned by them. It actually means trusting, loving relationship with God, open-hearted, that leads us to discern the will of God in our lives. Okay. We have a gift among us, a beautiful butterfly. Thank you Claire Ball for offering this to us this morning and if we can have it on the screen as well so that those who haven't got a picture of it here just take a moment and have a moment and looking at this image just what you notice, what you see what particularly strikes you As we look upon its fragility, its beauty, its colour, its vibrancy, its texture, its symmetry, I'd like to suggest that it is like an image, a metaphor of whole life. You see, like a butterfly, I don't know whether anyone, I know Joe has with his grandson because we were going to use that picture, but I don't know whether anyone has been to a butterfly park and maybe had the privilege of a butterfly land on you. You may not have had that experience. I don't know about little children, they kind of go, oh, look at this, isn't it beautiful? And they get all fascinated and they want to kind of grasp it. And you're like, no, 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 just, just keep your hand open. Just keep your hand open. And in the same way, if we clutch our lives to ourselves, if we are demanding on our rights and our privileges above all else, we actually close the hand around the butterfly. We suffocate it, we crush its wings, and its fragility means that it cannot fly. But if we hold our hand open in a self-giving love, in our relationship with Jesus Christ, look how free that butterfly is. And one of the things is how the butterfly flies from one flower to another flower to another and is part of the whole recreation of life through pollination. Jesus is saying, don't crush 
the butterfly, the life, the whole life I have given you through your desire to be selfish, I, me perspective. Don't crush it. I was recently on a day conference with a speaker, Margaret Silf. Claire was with me. Um, on, uh, it was written two books, Hidden Wings and Born to Fly. There's just one thing I want to draw on this morning. She was talking about the caterpillar to the chrysalis to the butterfly phase. I don't know whether you knew, but um, caterpillars are, uh, like the eggs are laid on particular vegetation to the DNA of that caterpillar. And when the caterpillar comes out, it eats and eats and eats, consumes and consumes and consumes, called a pest by those of us that are gardeners sometimes, and comes a moment. For some reason in nature, the caterpillar knows that's the moment to no longer eat, but to move into the chrysalis phase. And she was explaining to us how the juvenile hormones saturate that caterpillar so that it disintegrates into a mush and a mess and chaos within the chrysalis. And there are what are called imaginal cells, and those cells come awake. They're like a different character to the DNA of the caterpillar, and they come awake and alive. And they form this beautiful butterfly that in the struggle of getting out of the chrysalis, the blood reaches the wings of the butterfly so that it is strengthened and in all beauty can then release from the chrysalis and fly. And she was telling us about how if you interrupt with that process, the butterfly will die. The struggle is essential to the blood reaching the wings. And I thought, what a metaphor, what an image for us. Because as we lose our selfish self-centeredness, as disintegration of that self-centeredness occurs, there is suffering and pain in that. But there is that beautiful, imaginal self, that eternal life that God has created, original creation within us, that is coming to life out of that chaos, out of that mess, out of that suffering. In the disintegration of suffering and self is born the hope and the joy and the amazing reality of resurrection life. Amen? We might like to bring the words of a modern Christian song by, uh, Lizzie will correct me if I've got the name of this wrong, Rhett Walker Band. Good, I got it right, fantastic. So these are the words. You can find it on Spotify, for those of you who Spotify. I surrender everything I am. Just think about those words. I surrender everything I am. I surrender my heart into your hands. My hope, my Lord, my life is yours. I surrender. It wouldn't be right for us to leave this passage without just coming in on the phrase, my heart is troubled. Jesus says, my heart is troubled. Through the Gospel of John, we have a window into this moment when there's this wave of agitation coming over Jesus Christ. And he's looking into his future of brutality and death with utter revulsion and agitation. Why? Yes, he's going to face an awful physical death. 
But more than that, he is taking the cup of the Father. And in the Old Testament, the cup is symbolic to mean the wrath of God, the judgment of God. Jesus is standing in this moment. He's looking forward into his death, the brutality of that. And more than that, the one whom he loves the most, he is looking into standing in the place of judgment for all of us. For all of us. In this moment, his passion, his voice, his choice, his will, his heart, his soul. For me, I'd be saying no. He finds yes. How does he do that? But he finds yes. And you know, he says in this passage, well, it says in this passage, where I am, my servant also will be. Are we joining in with the loud cries and tears of Jesus Christ in this world today for where God's judgment is present, for the disobedience of humanity? Are we joining in? It says in Hebrews 5.7 that Jesus' life on earth, during his life on earth, he offered up prayers and petitions with loud cries and tears. Loud cries and tears. Are we joining in? with his prayer, saying, Father, forgive them. Forgive us our greed. Forgive us the way we damage our planet. Forgive us the way we exclude the poor. Forgive us the way we oppress and marginalize those in the weaker place. Forgive us our war. Forgive us our famine. Forgive us, Lord. Are we together in that prayer with Jesus Christ at this time on Passion Sunday? Are we there? I have to say that at times I'm not. I have to say there are times I've really turned off. And while I've been preparing for this morning, I've been turned back on. And from this agonized place, the deep call from Jesus, Father, glorify your name. Surely there is no greater prayer in our world this day, for surely our only hope of healing and restoration is if God's glory is evident and proclaimed. And comes back that thundering angelic voice, I have glorified it and I will glorify it again. God approves. This is God's commitment to reveal his character, his holiness, his love, his compassion, his whole revelation of who God is through Jesus Christ here in this moment. And because Jesus says, where I am, my servant also will be, all of us who choose to relate and trust and have relationship with Jesus Christ. Through us, God is choosing to make himself known to the world. That is incredible. God is choosing to commit to the mission of Christ and through our relationship with Jesus Christ to reveal who his character and holiness And compassion is through us. So that all people come to God. This is the butterfly not to crush. This is resurrection life in us. This is life bringing life to others like the butterfly that moves from flower to flower. This is the kingdom at work. This is life, whole life. Do not crush it. 
Do not control it through our traditions and our terrible ways of owning and insisting on me and my and my view, my choice, my life, my body, my way. This is discern the will of God through us in his compassion for his world. Are we joining in? Are we in the prayer of tears for this world we are part of? Are we seeking the will of God in our lives so that through the mission he calls you and I to, God is glorified? Where I am, my servant also will be. I want to invite us now into a time of response. And we're going to use a song, Father, We Love You. But for those, if you, I, I just want to invite you to, if you want to sit, if you want to kneel, if you want to stand and jump, if you want to turn and look out of the windows and the doors towards the world outside, if you just want to quietly meditate on the image that you have in front of you and respond, then please use this time to do that, to respond to God. And then I will lead us in um, some prayers. So if I could ask Julian and folks, if that's all right with you, to come. And uh, we're just going to start with a moment of silence. And I'll just nod at Julian when, when, when we're going to sing. So um, sometimes silence is hard to enter into, so I want to invite us just to rest our bodies in an upright position. And if you're finding it difficult with distractions, just listen to your breathing of in and out. And just gently come into a restful place. Be confident that the Spirit of God among us is willing and ready to speak to you deeply within your heart. Be confident and wait on that word. So we just take a moment now for a time of silence. So I invite you to move into whichever position you want to be in, standing, sitting, kneeling, looking out, reflecting on the image before you. And we're going to sing, Father, we love you.
Oh.